This is the second half of a conversation about sex assault, consent, and communication. We talk about misconceptions surrounding consent, using manipulation to access intimacy, criticizing sex assault survivors for speaking up, and the idea that only attractive people are sexually assaulted. I didn't have access to a computer at home, so I'm very much a researcher. So growing up, I had sex education at school and my mom was available to talk. But there are certain things you don't want to ask your mom. You know, I was learning stuff at school from my friends like and that's always dangerous. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, girl. I never forget when I was like, what's a 69? And my friend was like, ask your mom. I was like, I don't think I should because it doesn't sound like a question I should ask my <laughs> but you can't look that up on a school computer. Oh boy. And then I, unfortunately, like you, grew up in a very homophobic household because it was very religious and it was, you know, not accepting. I don't care what the fuck. And I grew up Christian. And we had a fucking sex waiting and dating class that we had to take. Wow, I got to hear about this. It was a multi-week course. I'm sorry, how old were you when... 12. You, okay, 12 years old. That's a appropriate time to start talking to your child about sex if you haven't already started. Right. And then it was basically very, very Christian-based. Like, yeah. if you have any of these feelings, the feelings are normal. They did say your hormones are exploding, essentially, and you're going to feel the feelings. But don't act on them. You're expecting preteens to have yeah. impulse control. So problem have number impulse one. Control and, you know, your boyfriend is God. Ask God for help with these feelings. And oh, this is Lord. what we were talking about earlier. People are not taught how to control their own emotions. That right there. Ask God for help. Yeah, it was a lot. But I will give it to my mom. My mom was very open. She when I first started my period, she did say like, OK, hey, if you have penetrative sex, you can get pregnant. That's what this means. Yeah. But let me just tell everybody something. Hmm? You ovulate before your first period. Just so that you know, is, that's true. This is how people have gotten pregnant before they've ever had their had first period. period. Yeah, because if you have penetrative sex, you know, when it's getting close, people can get pregnant. And that's good to say, because a lot of people, there's a lot of people who truly don't understand, honestly, especially how female bodies work. They are clueless as fuck, even <laughs> AFAB people. So I remember I would get online and like Google a bunch of stuff if I had questions, but this wasn't until my late teens when I actually, we had a computer mm -hmm. at home, but I couldn't, you I couldn't, couldn't use it. it. Right. right. So I would read books. I won't outline. My mom didn't censor me. So yep, I read a lot of romance too. books growing up. At age 10, I was reading adult novels. Yeah. I was reading fucking Danielle Steele at age 10, okay? I was reading Stephen King by then, and he gets pretty graphic with some stuff, and um, Sue yeah. Grafton, there's a lot of sex scenes in her literature, so, yeah. Right, but you don't know what the fuck. So a lot of sex education is sorely lacking, and then I think they do a lot better now with covering what is consent, how consent can be withdrawn. If you are in a relationship, you still have to... Consent. get consent every single time yes it can be withdrawn at any point 
And they even talk about now how, you know, I think it was California that came out with a law that constitutes stealthing the removal of a condom without the other person's knowledge during sex as a rape crime. Yeah, because if someone consented to sex with a condom and then you remove it, well, Mm -hmm. now we're having the type of sex that I have not consented to. Right. They didn't cover all that when I was a kid and I'm what, five years older than you, I think. So we're in the same generation. And so I do think they're getting better with it now. But it's just like we don't cover that. We don't talk about what that entails. We put all these expectations on women to don't get raped, don't get assaulted. Just like people are not being talked to about consent. People aren't being talked to about how to withdraw or how to how to give it. You know, none of us are being taught how to communicate properly. No. In general, um, at least not in healthy ways. When you are the type of person who thinks, okay, well, no means no. And the person didn't say no. And so I have the green light. That is a shitty belief to have, even on attempts to assault people who are conscious, right? Because a lot of times when people are about to be assaulted or being assaulted, there are people who freeze. And freezing doesn't just apply to physical movement. It can also apply to you know, verbal response. And we're not taught how to respond when you're being assaulted, but also it doesn't matter what you teach people sometimes. Like, unfortunately, I don't know how much you can help sometimes because even if you take self-defense classes, self-defense classes, there are not stage attempted sex assaults and self-defense classes. Some people will react to assault of any type the same way. You know, let's say you take self-defense classes, so you might always have the response to lash out if you have an understanding that you are about to be assaulted in any way. And then there's other people who like, wow, okay, so I was prepped for violent physical assault. I was not really prepped for assault from my partner that I trust because assault can happen in any place, right? Like if you are in, in bed with someone and they start initiating contact that you don't want or haven't consented to or have withdrawn consent for, it's not necessarily a situation where you need to lash out. It could be a situation where you were saying, listen, I'm not interested in doing this right now, or I don't want to do this right now, might stop it. But if you freeze, you can't get the words out. And there's a lot of reasons why people freeze, too, right? There's a lot of people who are like, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Right. I don't want to cause a scene. Yes. I don't want to piss the person off. All of this bullshit that gets heaped onto people. Right. When you're in a relationship with somebody. Even if you're not. Because, look, I was. Yeah, that's true. I was assaulted when I was in high school. I was sitting at my desk. I'm a. 80s baby, 90s kid. Okay. So I, I used to love me some track suits. Okay. Track suits are so easy. They matched. You knew the jacket that went with the pants. So this, I'll never forget it. There was this pink track suit. I got a nice size booty, always kind of have. And so it kind of rolled a little bit lower. And so I'm sitting at my desk. And I had left the jacket at home that day, but the jacket always like scratched me. And so I was like, I'll just leave it at home because it's going to be a nice day or whatever. So I'm sitting there doing my work 
And I feel something like at the small of my back and like inside my pants, like on the top of my butt in my head, because I always wore this outfit. I originally thought it was the jacket. And so I'm sitting there. I was ignoring it. I'm like, I'm going to move it when I'm done with this problem or whatever. And then I remembered I didn't have the jacket. And I was like, what? I reached my hand back there. One of my classmates had his hand down my pants. Because it was a gap, like I said. Cause my wow, was I'm freaking big. out just hearing this. I can't. Girl. And so I was like, what the? F-? I did not immediately start screaming and yelling and throwing and punching him. And I just reached back like I went to go move what I thought was my jacket and found a whole ass hand there. I would have stabbed somebody. I'm just kidding. And so I grabbed his fucking hand and in my head I was like and I was weighing it up like do I say something if I do say something what is gonna happen is anybody gonna yeah this is the part of our brain that fucks with us right like you start rolling through what do I do what's gonna happen if I do x all of this stuff yes and I'm like is anybody gonna believe me I don't want to cause a scene so all of this is running through my mind and so I just grabbed his hand and I just kept twisting it and twisting it And then I let it go and he moved his hand. And at the time I was dating this guy and I told him because I was like, I was thinking about telling my teacher, but I was like, what is she going to think of me? No lie. This is what I thought. So I didn't tell her. And I told my boyfriend, this fucker, he laughed. And I was like, that's what you're going to do is fucking laugh. And he was like, hey, don't touch my girl. And then later on, the same kid that had his hand down my pants got punched in the face because I think he tried it with someone else. And her boyfriend actually did something about it. Or I think she did. I can't remember. All that to say, it's not as simple as I'm just going to raise holy hell because I fucking froze. I was physically moving, but my brain was like cycling through how do I solve this problem and how do I protect myself? Because if I would have said something and my teacher was like, well, I didn't see anything or how is this going to affect me going forward? Yeah, it is not as simple as saying no or exactly continuing with something because a person didn't say no Precisely. or didn't say stop. People definitely need to be more comfortable with asking, is this OK? Yeah, it's interesting to me because as watching This woman is a therapist, and I like her YouTube channel, and she and her husband were doing a reaction to a show, which is like the thing that everybody does now, Mm -hmm. and they were laughing because on the show, there were these people who they agreed to be in a relationship with each other, and the guy was like, is it okay if I hug you? So the people doing the YouTube reaction paused this and laughed. They were like, are we just old? Like, why would you ask that? Okay, I don't know how old they are, but they got an old way of thinking because These people were very early on in their relationship. It's not like they had been dating for months and it was like, you know, we go in for a hug. It was a conversation that they had just had. Mm -hmm. And this guy was being super respectful and was like, is it okay if we hug? There's nothing wrong with that. Like that that doesn't ruin the moment. That doesn't kill the mood. I appreciate that he was being respectful and it sucks yes. that society ridicules people for like yes they that's do. part of the fucking problem here right this is a person seeking consent and we have made consent laughable like oh, yes what kind of loser asks if it's okay for them to have a hug or a kiss or something like that like that's weird i used to be on that side of the line like yeah but ain't nobody gonna be asking all the time At the beginning, when you're still learning each other, yeah, you should ask. As your relationship grows, 
if there is one, you will be able to say, it's okay if you hug me or just let me know before you know, you'll come up with rules that work for you. For example, I'm not a kisser. I don't like kissing. Lips Same. are gross. <laughs> Lips I hate are gross. kissing. But so if, if my boyfriend was like, hey, I'd be like, I would much rather hug than kiss. But you wouldn't know that because traditional wisdom says in the first date, it's going well pre-COVID. Hell, there's people now even still. But you yes. uh, go in for the kiss. You know, that's how you seal the date. That, yeah. That's the final step. Don't kiss me. Yeah. So how would they know that? They'd have to ask. And that's where the consent comes in. And people, oh, it kills the moment. No, it's giving equal autonomy to both people. And I think people, mm. we live in a country that does not really value that no, at all. No, we don't. I also think there's a lack of education about what manipulation looks like. We, we got to talk about this because Ugh. you can talk about consent all day long. But if you don't talk about what manipulation and coercion look like. We're missing part of the puzzle as well. <sighs> People need to not use guilt, shame, power, or degradation to access intimacy of any type. Physical any intimacy, type. emotional intimacy, whatever the case is, whatever intimacy looks like to you. If you have to appeal to somebody's emotions to get them to do something with you, for you, to you, whatever the case is, that is manipulation. If someone has said no, there should not be a continued conversation about, well, can't you just do this then? Don't you love me? If someone has said no, especially to any sexual contact, this is not the time to compromise. No, I do think I'm that sorry, man. A flat out no is when no means no and that's it. They don't owe you an explanation. Or if you're the one saying no, you don't owe them an explanation. All right. That's it. You don't get to sit here and manipulate or they don't get to sit here and manipulate you and say, well, if you don't do this for me, then or use emotional blackmail, because that's a thing withholding other types of affection or support until they get what they want physically or, or leave you if you oh, don't yes. do this for me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, no, all just like we all can sit here and agree that if your boss asks you to perform oral sex on, on them and you say no and they say, well, your job's on the line, you know you have a case, right? We can understand yep. that that's manipulation, that's coercion. We understand that that has meaning, but for some odd reason in intimate partner situations, people forget that. Yeah, they totally take advantage of people's feelings for them and... Mm -hmm use that to get people to do things they don't want to do. And there's women and men, all sorts of people that do this, where they think, well, this is my spouse, so I am going to do this, or this is my partner, right? It doesn't even have to be mm -hmm. the person you're married to. This is my partner, so I'm just going to give this to them so that they don't go looking elsewhere. It's my job, um, or it's my duty. They just made spousal rape illegal. I think it's still legal in some states. Hell, I think it's still legal in Ohio, because it was not too long ago. I know California was trying to close the spousal rape loophole, because there were a lot of people who literally thought you could not rape your spouse. There's still so many people who 
think that lots of religious yeah. folks. I'm lots just of religious it. folks. Honestly, I didn't think so either. There was once upon a time I oh, remember I was reading a book. Yeah, I was reading a book that really drove it home, and it was a fictional book. And this woman, her husband was very violent. They had their first baby, and it was fine. And then he became very violent, and then he ended up raping her, and he impregnated her with the second baby. And then eventually, I think, I can't remember if he left or something, but I was like, oh, that was the first time I realized you can rape your spouse because no, no one owes you sex. doesn't matter what their relationship to you is. They don't owe you sex and you can't force them. I did not know that because I growing up was in a religious household that said, you know, they talked about sex between a man and a woman and marriage especially and like they never talked about consent they never talked about anything like that so i thought once you were married the sex was just the sex and i'm pretty sure there's so many people who still think that definitely everybody can benefit from learning about consent and mm -hmm. manipulation and coercion if you don't talk to your children or children in your life about the physical act of sex at the very least, talk about consent and manipulation. But I don't know how you can talk about consent without talking about physical actions, honestly. I don't I, know how or why you would even separate them. I am big on that with my nieces and nephews. I always ask for a hug. I don't say, give me a hug. i like, can I have a hug? You know, and I hold my arms out. And sometimes it's a no. And I always tell them, you don't have to hug me if you don't want. It's not about my feelings. It's about what makes them comfortable. Right. They don't want to hug me for whatever reason, then they don't want to hug me. And some people are, stop being mean. You know, don't do that. Go hug your auntie. Like, no, don't force them. Don't yeah, make don't, them. Yes, exactly. Don't teach people that they are obligated to give physical contact to anybody. I don't care yeah. what the relationship is. Auntie, brother. Even when Parents. people teach children, oh, you need to hug it out. Like when your children fight, I'm sorry. I think that's fucking dangerous. That is. I think that's dangerous. I don't care no. if the siblings are same sex or whatever the case is. There are assaults that happen between relatives. I mean, this happens very often also mm -hmm. between relatives where there's siblings, people of different ages. It might be an aunt and a nephew, whatever. Like, mm -hmm. do not force people to have physical contact with you or others. And I oh. do understand that, at least in the Black American culture, we're all about fucking force over here. I think it's fucked up. I think the times are slowly changing. People are becoming more aware. But I remember growing up being forced to hug people I ain't oh want to touch. God, yes. You know, people kissing me on the cheek. I don't like lips. I don't like mouths. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> but... I'm, I'm on the same team as Olivia. I really don't. <laughs> stay out of my face, really. Please just... stay out of my facial oh. area. But I do think people are changing because that's where it begins. They don't need an explanation. And fuck your feelings. I'm not going to lie. When my, especially my baby nephew, he's my youngest nephew. All right. When he doesn't want to give me a hug and I see him running and giving other people hugs, does it hurt my feelings? I'm like, oh, what, what is it about me? He doesn't want. Why doesn't he want to hug me? Hmm. Yeah, but that's my problem. That is not yes. his problem. Nope, Maybe not. he's having more fun with the other people. So when he sees them and he's like, oh, yay. And he goes and hugs them because that's how he feels. He is allowed to. I'm not about to be like, you should give me a hug because it's hurting my feelings. What? 
And that's where it starts, folks. I'm sorry. I know people don't want to believe that. That is where it starts. It's where it starts. It starts right before you ever get into an intimate relationship with anybody or before somebody attempts to be intimate with you, right? right? This is a different type of intimacy, but it is intimacy. And it's showing them they have choices and also to respect when my nephew doesn't want to give me a hug. And I'm saying him because I see him the most. But like even the older kids, the teenagers, I'm like, you don't have to give me a hug if you don't want. But I will take a hug if you're up to it. And they'll come and give me a hug. It's about letting them know, like, when I don't force the issue, it's showing them that their wants and needs are being respected by me. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, OK, I could trust this person. If I don't want to do X, it's not getting done. That's it. And you're showing them that this is what you are to expect. This is the standard that you hold people to. So if somebody crosses that boundary, they'll know, uh, uh-uh, I don't have to deal with you because I know what it's like when my boundaries are respected. I want to talk about the ways in which women are criticized when we talk about being mistreated, because this is also very harmful. And of course, it's not just harmful to women, it's harmful to anybody. If we criticize people who talk about being mistreated as though they are in the wrong for talking about how other people fuck them over, that also definitely contributes to rape culture and people getting away with assault. Why would you criticize people who talk about being mistreated more than you criticize people out there doing the assaulting? This is my problem. Hello? You know that thing? I've seen it several times. They were like, how are all these women survivors of rape, but no men know any rapists? Yes. I don't understand. Like, how is it that all of these women are coming forward saying this has happened to me? But nobody's like, okay, well, then who did it? Like, why are you not punishing the crime or the criminal rather? You know what I mean? It's always the victim blaming. Like, you're the one on trial here. Like, sure, this happened to you. We'll gloss over it. But what did you do to cause it? Mm -hmm. I will never understand how you will criticize the people who face discrimination, mistreatment, oppression more often and more loudly than you criticize the people who are actually fucking doing it. Mm -hmm. That is fucking telling to me. Even if you consider yourself a person who is not racist, misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic, any type of bigoted, even if you don't think of yourself that way, you are contributing to it. You are. The most glaring example to me is the folks who criticize the Me Too movement calling it a war on men. Fucking war on men. Listen, this is a joke. This is just like the critical race theory people <laughs> talking about how, you know, we aim to minoritize white people and want to make white people feel guilty and all of this stuff. It's on the same level, bro. <laughs> Them and the men's rights activists, because, you know, the rights oh, of yes. men are are under attack because you don't have the right to assault people the way that you used to how dare you take that away wow so even more did you just hear about that law they said idaho but they said texas was looking at something similar where if a woman or a person is raped and impregnated and they seek an abortion the siblings of the rapist 
can sue the doctor who performed the abortion for $20,000 each, not to mention, you know, all the other ridiculous. Well, yeah, there's been all sorts of ridiculous abortion laws and reproductive freedom laws in Texas recently, amongst other places. But Amongst other places. But yeah, all that to say, like, so you're saying these people have more rights than the person who has been violated. And I don't know how pro-life you are when you are not anti-sex assault or anti-rape. There are so many survivors of assault who end up, you know, making it through the assault, but then they end up attempting suicide or committing suicide. That's on my um, statistics list. And and self-harming. So Mm -hmm. I do not believe these people are truly pro-life. And also, think about this. Half of the people born in a lot of places are women. You don't want to protect women's bodies. When people talk about some pro-life shit, people always say how, you know, they're pro-birth, not pro-life. And this is another instance where they show that that is the fucking case. You are not protecting people's bodies from assault. You are protecting people doing the assaulting more than you're protecting people who are victimized. You could never sue anybody for $20,000 for uh, actually assaulting you. No. I mean, at least, you know, provided it's not a workplace incident or things of that nature. Dude, it was just within the past 10 years that there were several states that allowed if a child was conceived during a rape, the parent who did the the raping, they still have parental rights. So you're a sex offender and you have rights to be raising they people? Still have parental rights. As, yeah, you have parental rights. They were trying to fix that. I would say it was somewhere within the past eight to ten years. And I know there were several states that still gave rights to the rapists. And as we've said, yes, women can be rapists as well. However, they are more likely to be the victims than are their male counterparts. So I'm waiting for the asses to just decriminalize rape. That's what I'm waiting on. Actually, we should have looked at that and saw when it became a crime. Somebody said in the 70s, but I think it might not be like that That wouldn't be surprising. I wanted to say more about criticisms of the Me Too movement because... Some of the criticisms were about how people can just turn any sex act that they regretted into a story of sex assault or, um, you know, there's people coming forward with false allegations. There are false allegations surrounding all sorts of crimes, not just rape. Exactly. But I find it very fucking interesting that this criticism comes up with rape allegations where like you know people people cheapen the movement or are harming men with false allegations i mean you you are harming people with false allegations but i guess i don't think that's a valid criticism of the movement like there's been false allegations of sex assault for oh my god for centuries throughout black history we could do a fucking timeline of all the black people who've been murdered based on false allegations of sex assault. Um, Emmett Till! Emmett Till, for sure. Is and just at, one, at last check, just that one bitch is still many. alive. But he's not. He died hard. Yeah. Do you know how many black men especially are dead because some white woman said that he looked at her, he raped her, he touched her. They destroyed whole fucking black towns. Yes. 
it's just weird that that's a criticism of the movement to say like they're encouraging people to claim any and every type of sexual interaction that they didn't like or ended up regretting into an allegation when like that's messy. So I understand that those cause harm. It's also messed up that you just assume there's a significant number of these types of stories. You just assume that a lot of them are, you know, women regretted it or, you know, she couldn't remember it because she was drinking. It's wild that that's the assumption, though, that the woman is telling the story wrong. It definitely upholds sexist beliefs that it does that the woman is wrong the emotional woman right all that bullshit she was confused she's hysterical yes how many of these allegations do people actually think are false like yes there's going to be some but they talk about it like half of them pretty much everyone yes and i think there was a study done and again remember People don't even report majority of the time. No. But there was a study done that showed, and I'll have to find it, that anywhere from one to three percent of allegations ended up being false. That still leaves 97 to 99 percent of accurate allegations. And you know what it gets me is that sexual assault and rape cases seem to be the only type of crimes where people try to prove that it didn't happen. Like if you say, hey, my house got broken into or my car, uh, this is my favorite. I always use this analogy. If you say, hey, my car got stolen. The cops don't automatically say, well, did you have the keys in there? And if so, why would you leave the keys in there? Like, don't you know that that's just inviting people to come? They would never say that. They would try and figure out what happened to your car. They might say, hey, you know, maybe don't leave your car running, but they're not going to blame you for having your car stolen. And they're not going to be like, oh, are you sure it was stolen or did you give it to somebody? Yeah. And you regret yeah. it. Are you sure you just didn't leave it somewhere? Are you sure you didn't just leave it somewhere? Are you sure you're not trying to get attention? People don't say that about if you say my car is stolen. Do people lie about that? Yeah. For insurance reasons and stuff like that. Or same with break-ins. Oh, yeah, my house got broken into insurance insurance fraud. They do it all the time. But nobody says, hey, are you sure? They're going to try and solve the crime. And this stuff starts looking a little fishy. They're going to be like, oh, maybe you did this for other reasons. But nobody comes out the gate saying, I think you're lying. I think it was an inside job. I think you just regretted it. But they do that with... Well, sexual assault and rape cases. Well, and like I said, it even happened to me when I wanted to report somebody who was stalking me. Yes, perfect example. It's it's like the goal is to see if you're a liar, not to see if the crime actually happened. Right. Because like they don't start looking for evidence that, okay, what actually happened? First, they got to see if you're a liar. And it shouldn't be the case, right? Because if you're on the hunt for evidence... Your journey to uncover evidence will tell you whether the person is lying or not. You don't need to come out and ask people whether they invited the behavior or, you know, whatever the case is or whether they open themselves up to that. That's not reasonable at all. And it definitely is wild that one of the greatest violations you can experience is the one that is diminished and minimized the most. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't even have a word for how unfortunate and disappointing and terrifying that is. It's something that a lot of us who face discrimination, not just women, we experience this a lot. 
part of being marginalized in general is people blaming you for the bad things that happen to you, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have as much power to go after the people who mistreat me because I just get told I brought that on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, that's not a real problem, right? Like making it seem like a lot of the allegations of assault are false or saying that we're looking at things the wrong way, like they mm-hmm. do with these women who, they, you know, they're saying they can't even remember correctly or they're not telling the story the way that it happened or what's what's the guy's side type of stuff. Two sides to every story. No. Or saying that we only deal with these problems because of our behavior, bringing it back to blame us and yeah. not go after the people perpetuating and perpetrating this shit. Yeah. Or just like the people like, I think there was a judge who threw out a woman's rape case because he said she didn't make enough noise. Mm-hmm. I don't find that surprising. Mm-mm. Because or the idea that, oh, well, who would rape this person? I've heard of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. somebody was too ugly to be raped or something, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any sense. Makes no um, sense. Considering this is about to be a fucked up thing for me to say, and <sighs> disabled people tend to be viewed as some of the uh, least attractive people in society. That's true. And we face sex assault. Uh, we are we, we are at greater risk of facing mm-hmm. sex assault than non-disabled people. That's true. Sex assault is not about attractiveness. That's another fucking thing that people need to learn. It is about power. Power trip. And the knowledge that that you will most likely get away with it. Yeah, because people usually do. Yeah. I've heard of people being assaulted at bus stops and stuff like that. Especially blind people. Like, well, they're not going to know who I am. And unfortunately, the court system and the quote unquote justice system. Injustice um, system. Yeah, they use that against us, right? They will take your disability and twist it against you the same that they turn it against us that, you know, you're a woman or you're black, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is that they can get all of to make it seem like you're not believable, you're not credible, any of that. They abuse it on a greater scale than anybody ever does. Exactly. And never mind the fact that a lot of this, none of this stuff is free. You won't bring a court case or a lawsuit for free. So Mm -hmm. a lot of these people might not have the money to pursue it too long. And so there are people out there who know this and they take advantage of it because they know there aren't going to be any repercussions. Or my experience with the police, I am like, okay, so I have just been stalked by somebody. And now I am going through this very deeply upsetting, is a light way to phrase it, but this is a Uh, deeply upsetting experience to me now to sit and talk to the police and not be believed and be depicted as bringing it on myself. It's re-traumatizing. Yeah, it really is. And I don't want to go through that. And so I'm just like, okay, well then I'm done talking to the police. I'm done because... What's the point? I I don't don't want to have to prove Mm -hmm. I am a credible person. Exactly. Like, I should not have to beg and plead with the police to protect me. Yeah. I am not less deserving just because I'm a black, blind woman. Exactly. But it's very odd that people bring up attractiveness regarding assault because it's about power and knowing, ultimately, society will go to greater lengths to justify the behavior of assailants than they do uh, victims when it comes to 
sexual violence. Yeah, Seriously. Right. So long as we keep not believing people, so long as we keep thinking that rape is and sexual assault, it's not happening at the level and to the people we think it's happening to. Right. I think it'll continue to be a problem. And as long as we keep prioritizing the feelings of the victimizers of the criminals, as long as we keep holding the criminals in higher regard than the victims, than the survivors, we're not going to see a real change in this country. I mean, you've got people like Brett Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. You had the previous president of the U.S. being accused of rape and people put the women on trial when all that came out about Harvey Weinstein. Some people were like readily believed. And there were others who were like, I remember Lupita Nyong'o came out and said, yeah, he assaulted me as well. And people were what you, you know, like, why would he as long as we keep elevating the rights and the feelings and the futures of the fucking Brock Turners of this country? We're not going to make any real progress because at the core of it, I think it's a disdain for women. And that does, in my opinion, come from the deep rooted misogyny in this country. Yeah, we can drive. Yeah, we've got bank accounts. Yeah, we can cash checks with our names on it. We still have a long fucking way to go because this country still fucking hates women and girls. This is Intersectional Insights. If you like our content, leave us a rating or review to help the podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you have any comments, questions, or topic suggestions, you can email us, intersectionalinsights at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening.